What's up, everybody? My name is Daniel Unmanageable, and this is Hard Knocks Talks. Tonight's guest, person in recovery, Dr. Craig Sweeney, went from smoking weed to getting busted for writing himself prescriptions for opioids. Today, he has overcome his struggles with addiction, and he is here to tell us his story. We are going to meet him right after this. I spent 23 years living in addiction. 16 of those years, I worked as a Red Seal tradesperson in Saskatchewan and Northern Alberta. During that time, I made many mistakes and took more than a few hard knocks. I went from tradesman to business owner to hiding from gang members and dumpster diving. But with that lived experience, I've decided to try and make a change. I've dedicated my life to raising awareness and promoting change in the fields of substance use and psychological health and safety. So join me and my guests as we take off the blinders around mental health in our communities and at work and shine a light on what's working and what's not working in the fields of mental health and occupational health and safety. I'm Daniel Unmanageable and I'll be your host and this is Hard Knocks Talks. Okay, before we bring Craig in, I'd like to remind you that tonight's live production is brought to you in part by Prairie Sky Recovery Center in Lipsig, Saskatchewan, and Stronger Together Canada peer-led support groups by Mom Stop the Harm. If you would like to learn more about our sponsors, get on our weekly email list, stay up to date with all our upcoming streams, find all our audios and more, visit www.hardknockstalks.com. And with that, let us bring in Craig. Hey, my man. How you doing? I appreciate you having me here. I really appreciate the opportunity. Yeah, no, we're, and we're 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 glad you're here. It's it's not often that we that we find somebody in recovery, um, in a white collar that that's willing to uh, come forward and, <laughs> and share their story. <laughs> yeah. So, pedigree. It, I've got a good pedigree, right? Uh, rightfully so. Um, is there anything <laughs> that you'd like to say before we get started tonight? Um, no, I don't think so. We can, we can go ahead and get started and I'll say the things that I've thought of. All right, here we go. (laughs) Okay. So, um, let's start at the beginning. What was it like growing up? So, you know, you asked me if there were some things that I wanted to say. And I think, you know, anytime I tell my story, I try to think about what's the take home message or what do and what am I trying to relate? Um, And I think there's three things I want to relate uh, with my story. One would be trauma. Um, Trauma in our world, I think, is very very common um i don't think people talk about it enough because i think it's so prevalent um and i think trauma definitely plays into my story the second thing i want to talk about is um mental illness co-occurring mental illness uh that's a big part of my story and i think it's another thing that's very common and uh you know i want to 
hopefully help people feel a little better if they do have a diagnosis of something along with a substance use disorder. And the last thing was um, acceptance with recovery, like acceptance of other types of recovery, um, you know, openness to other people who were getting clean. I think we, you know, that's something that I try to stress with any time I talk because we, we all need to come together. This is a um, kind of a crisis situation going on for a long time now. So mm -hmm. those three things, that's what I'm wanting to talk about. So with my story, <clears throat> I'm from southeastern uh, United States. Uh, originally, I'm from a state called North Carolina, Virginia. I live in Virginia now. It's not too far. Um, I live in the capital city of Virginia, uh, Richmond. Um, but <clears throat> starting out the way things were, I think what I have to start out by saying is I had trauma as a as a young kid. Um, and <clears throat> you, when I talk about trauma, when we talk about trauma in general, I think of of and I've, I've heard of it, ex it explained this way. Um, one is a big trauma where you know, let's say you're standing on the beach and uh, a tidal wave comes by, knocks you off the beach, drags you out to sea, takes everything with you. <clears throat> That's big trauma. Those are things like, you know, um, sexual abuse, physical abuse, uh, trauma that you think about with uh, war, um, uh, people in the street, seeing people killed right in front of them. Those are the big traumas. And then there's small traumas, <clears throat> little T's. And the way I think about those are, you know, you're still on the beach kicking it, but you know, you got an eight foot wave that comes in and smacks you and knocks you around, you know, you get back up. And then there's another eight foot wave that comes and hits you and knocks you around. Well, after about the 10th one, you're out to sea, all your stuff, all your stuff's out there and you're in no, you know, same boat as when the uh, tidal wave came by. <clears throat> and I think <clears throat> a lot of us, a big significant percentage of us, if not all of us have one or the other. Um, either growing up or while we're in our addictions. And I think those, what's so important about that is how much uh, change it can, it, can, it can do to a person. And so when I talk about me having trauma as a kid and, it, and, and when I was, it was when I was young, um, <clears throat> it, it changed me in that <clears throat> I had all this fear. I was full of fear. And I never knew why I was afraid. I really didn't. I just knew I was always afraid. And I was always a person who, you know, immediately when something happened, I automatically thought, you know, oh shit, what did I do wrong? You know, I really fucked things up this time, you know, that, that kind of stuff. Um, and that was all, I think, based in the trauma that I had. I think that, you know, the, everything that I did coming out of you know growing up was in an attempt to help myself be safe so to speak mm -hmm. and <clears throat> the way i did that was with um you know athletics i tried to be you know uh i tried to do everything i could do to make myself safe and in that way and, and in those ways what i did was i tried to do really well in school i tried to um you know do what i could to you know, do the best I could, so to speak, you know, and it's strange because <clears throat> anytime I talk to, you know, when I first got clean uh, back in 2008, we, you know, you always have these family uh, things where, you know, your family comes in if you're in rehab and they have a family day or whatever, where they tell your family all about, you know, what's what you've been doing and all how the bad things and all that yeah. stuff. And, 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> the, the, the funny, the, well, I mean, not funny, but what, what came out of that, one, one of the things that I um, remembered was my mom and my dad just being like, why, you know, I don't get why you felt that way, you know, like, why, why, you know, I, I wish, you know, we knew how afraid you were and, you know, those kind of things. And I don't know why I was afraid to, to talk with people about it, but I just wasn't. Um, so, you know, I grew up with this chaotic kind of brain. Um, part was of there, it based was on there drinking at experience. home? No, it, my parents were, uh, you know, um, straight down the line, no alcohol, no um, drugs. There was addiction in both sides of, that, uh, of their families, both my moms and my dad. So they avoided everything. Um, and, and we were, you know, a, a, you know, Christian families, you know, the Bible Belt, you know, in the U.S. And, and, and so, no, there wasn't a lot of drugs around. And, um, you know, I think that contributed in some ways because, you know, while I was always uh, afraid of things, I also had, um, I was a thrill seeker. You know, I was always, when things got going, I was always willing to push it a little further than most people. Which ended up, I ended up getting into, ended up getting me into trouble. Still like what kind of tough, things? But, what kind of things are you talking about? Um, well, you know, um, thrill seeking kind of stuff. Like, um, let's see, you know, if you're going to jump off this, uh, cliff over here, then I'm going to go up a little bit higher and, and, and jump off, you know, from a little, from a little more, or I'm going to do this, you know, driving is a, is a, is a bad one of mine. Like I, I can drive like a maniac and, and I love it. <laughs> that's what's, uh, that's what's bad about it is, you know, it gets my juices flowing. So I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah. You know, driving yeah. like a mad, like a mad. Are you the guy, are you the guy um, that won't let back. people, are you the guy that won't let people merge in? Cause you want to race them? Man, I used to be, I'm not going to lie. I used to be bad about that kind of stuff, but the older I get, the more I'm like, ah, this is just, you know, just leave, just let this guy get in there. It's all right. Yeah, yeah. You know? I know my car's um, faster than yours. You can come in. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah. Um, but you know, trying to push it to the limits and things. Um, I did really well in school. Uh, you know, I did, I did really well in college. You know, I started getting this, this laser focus, um, for medical school, uh, when I was in college, I never, you know, like had this big dream of being a doctor. I, I started doing well in, uh, in college and just started thinking, well, geez, you know, what should I do here? I'm making such good grades. I can do anything I want. Um, and so I started, you know, initially I thought I was going to be physical therapy, um, <clears throat> but I switched over to medicine. When I switched over to medicine, I, you know, went like laser focused on grades and did really, really, really well. But because I was so focused on grades, I was able to um, keep my shit together, so to speak, while I was in college. I drank, you know, pretty heavily, like I think most people do, but I, I didn't get into any trouble with drugs. I still stayed away from drugs. I was a... Hey, I'm not going to mess around with anything. This thing that, you know, drugs will mess you up. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, things were pretty, you know, busy, busy, busy with school. And, you know, uh, nobody in my family had been in the medical school. So I had this, you know, 
kind of, I'm not going to get in, you know, here I am from this small town, you know, it's never going to work out. And, um, <clears throat> I end up deciding, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm going to start smoking weed, you know, like my, my, um, my college days are coming to an end. I've done really well. You know, I've, I've put myself where I need to be to go to school. And so I'm going to kick it, you know, I'm going to relax a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, weed was everywhere in college, but, um, it, it, it was crazy because, you know, and I, I described this to people and I've heard it in meetings over and over again, but, uh, the first time I smoked weed, man, it was like, wow, you know, my brain got quiet. I had all this stress, I had all this fear inside, you know, from when I was a kid, you know, building up to holy shit, you know, that fear gets transferred to anything you can think of, including holy shit. I'm not going to, you know, reach this goal I've set and reach for so long. And you get that blanket of calm come over you. And it's like, mm-hmm. damn, I was like, wow, holy shit. You know, like, I, I can't believe how good I feel, like how normal I feel, you know, like this is phenomenal. You know, my brain's not buzzing anymore. Um, yeah. And, that, you know, that it worked out. That that was it for me. You know, that was like, like you were uh, all in after that. I was looking all in after that. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. You know, you don't, you don't, you, you don't hear that. I don't, I don't hear that much, you know, in the field. I don't mm-hmm. hear people say, you know, I smoked weed and that was it for me. That, that did it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but damn, that's the way it was for me, man. I don't, I don't know what to say other than it did it for me. So if from then on, it was, you know, slow, I'm smoking weed any, t- any, any chance I get. Um, and I did that for many years. Um, I don't remember how many years I smoked weed straight, but it was bad. It was, it was, it was heavy as much as I could. Um, and, and <clears throat> initially it's fine. You know, I'm in college, no big deal. Everybody's smoking weed, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but it started to, to get to be an issue and it was, a, it was an issue in my relationship. So there was always a, a problem with it. You know, I had, uh, you know, been in a relationship for 10 years at that time and we had, you know, high school, sweet, sweet, all that good stuff. Uh-uh. No, yeah. she drank, but she didn't smoke <clears throat> and, and she didn't like smoking, you know, like it wasn't a, it wasn't a thing for her. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was always in the relationship. It was, it was a, it was a, it was an issue every, every around every turn. It was an issue. <clears throat> so, <clears throat> but I continue to, you know, smoke and do my thing. I end up getting into medical school. I, I end up, um, you know, doing well in medical school, figuring out that, uh, you know, kind of where I want to go with, uh, my, my career and um end up wanting to do um cancer work in the cancer and, and chemo world I, it's kind of strange i've been I've, I've you know i don't know i say it's strange but it's just the way well what's what life's been like for me i've always been kind of um i don't want to say attracted to death but i've always been kind of interested in death and i don't know why i don't know uh you mean, like interested, you mean like interested? You mean like interested in experiencing it, or interested in like other people dying? I think a little bit of both. Like I'm not going out wanting to die. You know, don't don't get me wrong here. And I, I never, I wasn't in a situation where I ever, you know, wanted to uh, uh, kill myself or whatever. I guess what I mean is I've always been interested in you know what's going on here you know like is is there you know what happens after you die you know and as i got older and as i you know medicine came and you know 
medical school and all that stuff came into play, I really started getting interested in working with people um, and death and dying and making sure that, you know, I could help uh, make sure people could, you know, transition, could die peacefully, you know, without, mm -hmm. without pain, without shortness of breath, with all that, without all that stuff. So the, 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 um, the other thing that I think interested me was the intensity. Um, the intensity of the relationship you have with someone, you know, as a provider, uh, or, you know, when someone's dying it is, is different than, um, other, other types of relationships, you know, the kind of shit falls away and, you know, what people show you is, is what they, who they are and where they are. And, mm -hmm. um, that's a pure kind of thing that, that I've always been kind of drawn to. I suppose, um, yeah, you would you would and, see a new a new level of honesty um, when it's coming yeah. to the end, hey. Yeah, absolutely, and mm -hmm. you know the the intensity thing I think is important too to talk about a little bit is because you know I think me I was always looking for something that was intense, something that would kind of move my head in a way that would kind of get me out of the the traps of, you know, Hey, you know, I'm, I'm fucking up. I'm, I'm, this is not going to work out because of, you know, I'm, I'm such a, you know, this and that and the other, I think the intense things kind of jogged me out of it. So I was always kind of drawn to that intensity. Um, <clears throat> but with, uh, that type of work, you know, it, it, it's, it's emotional. It's, um, it's heavy, you know, and, being able to let that go uh, is still something I, I, I try to, um, I, it, it, you just got to work on. But, you know, as I'm going through my training and as I'm, you know, learning how to be, you know, a, a doctor and, and learning about, you know, cancer patients and how, how to treat, you know, cancers. And I did a year of just all hospice and, and palliative care. And that was all people that were dying basically. And I was uh, making sure that they could die peacefully. So <clears throat> during my training, I had all this really kind of heavy stuff that I love. Don't get me wrong. I loved it. Um, it's part of what I'm good at. Um, but I didn't have a good way to let it go. You know, like it was really, I was really bad at letting things go. I could, I can take in stuff. Like I can take in emotion. I can meet people where they are. I can, I can hold that space for them. Mm -hmm. with them but <clears throat> letting that go has been always a challenge and you know so here i am a person who is not really good at all with um kind of understanding my emotions or you know letting especially letting go of of the emotions that i've sucked up and that i've taken with i've brought with me all through my life and uh so, you know, I have this bad relationship with weed now, you know, where it's what it is, what I need to, to, to calm down and to let go. And, and was um, it really it doing that? Like, well for, it, it was really doing that for you. Like, even though there was causing was problems, even though you were probably having to sneak around well, your wife, you'd still smoke it absolutely. and then feel calm. Huh. Yeah. I mean, it was the, uh, it was the, it was the only way that I knew to get away. Um, now that changed, uh, yeah. because, uh, my, my weed man, uh, moved to Colorado. Um, didn't did he say goodbye? Check with me at all about that. No, he, he didn't, didn't even say, say goodbye, goodbye. Did no, he? Nothing. Dick. Dick. No, 
No, not at all. That's his asshole, man. <laughs> so this this guy takes off uh, doing his own thing, which good for him. I'm, you know, good good for him. He I actually he's a good guy. I knew him from a long time ago. Mm. Anyway, weed man moves, and I'm like, you know, shit. I'm a I'm a doctor up here, uh, trying to you know do these good things, and I'm not gonna go out on the streets and. You know, <laughs> ask people for weed you know like it's a you know yeah i just couldn't couldn't do that but but the good thing was that um my wife uh had um a whole big bottle of a percocet that she had gotten at that that's the good thing that's the good thing that's the good thing man that's the good thing that's that's what saved me right yeah Yeah. oh yeah Yeah. saved you all right yeah 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 man it was good I was, glad, I was glad it was there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, being in that cycle of addiction already, uh, it was it was my only choice, so to speak. So I grabbed it, you know, and I took it. And I knew that, you know, I knew what came along with opiates. But, you know, I didn't really care. And I didn't think, you know, this, this won't be an issue. It's no big deal. You know, mm-hmm. I'll, I'm, I'll be able to manage this, you know. And uh, the really the other funny part was <clears throat> when I started using <laughs> when I started using when I started taking the Percocet, um, uh, I had really bad nausea, like um, really bad nausea. And so I would take them, and like you know, a little bit later I would just get really nauseous, and, and sometimes I would throw up. Um, but you know, I I, I I I pushed through, man. I really did. I pushed through <laughs> Powered that nausea. Through, yeah. And made it to made made it to the other side where it where it went away, yeah. Um, <clears throat> but I mean that just started, you know, the train really started rolling fast then. And did you did she know? Did she know you were time. taking them? Mm-mm. No, not at all. I was a sneaky, sneaky weasel. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure I'm sure if she looks back, I'm gonna take a drink of water. I'm sure if she looks back, she'll say. She could, she could say, yeah, there was some weird shit going on with you. Um, <laughs> Nodding out in your cereal part, in the morning. Was, uh, this is weird. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but look, remember, remember, I'm working like a damn madman, you know, like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm putting in, you know, 70 hours a week, you know, I mean, like I'm, I'm working overnights and all that shit. So, well, I'm not around much. Um, and when I'm around, you know, I'm. I'm high and well, I'm, I'm, I'm a good high person in that I can keep shit together and I can, um, you know, not look, uh, off. Um, and I think early on I was able to do that. Obviously as time went, it was just bad and it never worked, worked mm-hmm. out well. But <clears throat> so I found those, uh, the, the Percocet to be really helpful. They gave me that same calm, not the same kind of way, but it, it, it was, it covered things up and, um, it had its advantages, you know, like I didn't have to worry about the smell, you know, so there was never any arguing about me smoking weed. Um, um, so in, in some ways I was kind of glad I was found I, I, that I had stumbled upon that, uh, disaster, um, there, mm-hmm. but <clears throat> the pro the, the other thing that kicked up is, you know, my addiction ramped up just like they always do. I started writing scripts for, um, my wife uh under under someone else's name and that fed me for five years i think holy cow um, and just the numbers yeah just as and much that, as you wanted the, like you, you did you ever want for them like were you ever no. like man i wish i had more or did you always like just like full tilt 
Well, it was full tilt, man, because this was in the early 2000s. So the opiate, the opiate problems were, you know, right on the, the horizon, you know, like they were just starting and, and there, it wasn't like it, it became in, you know, 2010, 2015 and, and, and now. Um, so I was able to get away with a lot of stuff that you could never, never get away with now. But the, uh, with healthcare professionals, opiates are the most common common thing that you find uh people abuse because the access is uh is there mm-hmm. you know people can forge scripts you know it's harder now but that's usually what happens um <clears throat> so my numbers are going up you know and and i'm having to write myself more and you know just i, I still remember the first time that i ever figured out i was in withdrawal um I was at, at work and couldn't figure out what's going on. I'm like, shit, what, you know, like I'm getting achy and all nauseous. And I'm like, damn, did I, did I get something from the kids? Like, I feel like I'm having the flu here. Um, and then it don't, it, for some reason it never clicked in, but it clicked in that day. I was like, fuck. Dope you know, like, damn, how did, how did I fucking let this happen? You know, like, the shame that came over me then was just amazing. Like, so did you have any experience seeing other people? Like, were you, did you ever treat people who were, who were, uh, who were dope sick or is this the first time that you'd ever come face to face with it? No, 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 no. I've, I'd, I'd seen people. I mean, it's, uh, the, the, uh, hospital I was working at is, is the, uh, hospital that kind of covers everything in the, in the state and they take on the most, um, people without insurance. If you don't have insurance, you go to this hospital. So I took care of a lot of people who were, who were in withdrawal and, and, and who had drugs as really just the main part of what's wrong, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, so, you know, I had seen it. It's just, it was one of those things where, you know, when, as a, as a user, I thought I was smarter than everybody else. And I, you know, especially as a doctor and, and writing scripts for for myself and kind of, being super sneaky, you know, like I felt like I really had things figured out and I was, um, you know, going to be able to do it and no one would know and blah, blah. But when that withdrawal hit, it was like, fuck, you know, here I am. This is, this is the way it is. And so from then on, I started making these big plans. Um, and everybody can relate to this, you know, Hey, I'm going to stop and this is how I'm going to do it. You know, except I made these like elaborate, you know, okay, this, I'm going to do five, four, three, two, one, you know, or three, <laughs> yeah. three, you know, blah, 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 you know, and it's yeah, going to yeah. fucking work out. No big deal. I'm done with this, you know, and it never worked out at all. No. And <clears throat> so finally, you know, I'm finishing my training and I get a job, you know, my first like job job out of, out of school, out of training. I buy a house, you know, at this place. I take this job. I buy this house. I sell the house. You know, we sold the house we were living in, um, in Richmond. And I go to fill my last script and I had decided to write the script a little bit different so it could give me more time to, you know, taper or whatever. And I go to the, uh, the pharmacy to pick it up. And the pharmacist is like, hang on, let me, it'll just be one minute. Just, just hang on. And so I'm like, all right, no big deal, you know, and I'm, you know, doing my thing. And all of a sudden, well, I go back up to get the script and this guy taps me on the shoulder and flashes this card in front of me. And it's the, uh, it's a state, state police 
um, uh, kind of the state DEA or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, fuck, you know, what are you going to do then? I mean, I'm, you know, I'm fucked. So we go back to his car and he, you know, tells me all the, you know, shit that, that, that he's found on me. He's like, you know, I've, I've, uh, <clears throat> I've, I've, I've looked into, you know, like six different pharmacies and like five that, I mean, it was a bunch of fucking pills that I had written to myself. It was thousands. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said, so that sounded about right. And I was like, yeah, you know, whatever, whatever you got. I mean, were you I'm keeping probably, track or was it just you know, like, just like making it rain prescriptions? It was a free for all at times. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but So uh, did you try to lie your way out of it? Were you yeah. like, no, 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 no. Or oh, were you no, just like, man, I'm fucked? No, man, I was, I was fucked. I was fucked by then yeah. because, you know, like I said, you have this mental war going on. You know that yeah. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep this shit together so that I can feel normal, right? I'm totally mm-hmm. you know strung out by this time. You know I, I gotta have it to to just be a normal guy. You know, and you know I'd, I'd been doing that for a long time, and I knew that I was a fucking mess, and I knew that I needed help. I knew it. You know uh, I just didn't know what the help was that I needed. Um, and I didn't even, I, you know, I didn't know anything about addiction, which is embarrassing, you know, like it's, mm-hmm. it's embarrassing as a health provider to say I got through the whole thing and was a straight up fucking drug addict. And I didn't know anything about the, the disease, you know, um, or the treatments at all. Um, but, you know, getting busted that day was, you know, like people say, it was, it was probably the best thing that's ever happened to me. Um and everything came crashing down then it was it was bad man how did the wife take it lost that job wife did not take it well but you know was she she like i knew it or was she like completely surprised she was completely surprised like it knocked everything like she was completely surprised Mm -hmm. um she didn't walk out the door you know that she she hung in there man i mean um you know she she hung in there through the through the bad shit then. Um, <clears throat> so it was bad, man. It was bad. I thought I had, you know, thrown every single thing away. You know, I'd worked for forever. Um, yeah. 10 years after, after college, man, 10 years after college, I had been in training and had completely fucked it up. Um, and, uh, yeah, that was a really, really, really bad place. So lost the house, lost the job, lost the house that we were, that, you know, we had just sold the house, uh, in Richmond had had no place to go, man. I had no place to go. Mm-hmm. So, uh, thankfully, and this is amazing, man. Like I, I, and I'm sure Daniel, you can, you can, you, you have stories like this too, where these people that, do things did things for me at, at specific times that were life-changing man like people that still happens the, to me the guy that um yeah and so the, the 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 head of the department of oncology um <clears throat> called me the day i came into work and turned in on my shit and he's like <clears throat> he's like i i you know i know i know what's going on you know the program director told me you know everything's going on he's like you know, you're, you're one of the best doctors I've ever seen. And he's like, you go get well, and I got a job for you when you come back. And man, I I mean, I can't, I I, I can't 
explain the feeling that I had when he when he told me that you know it's um, that was that that was amazing it changed my life um, so I, I've I, and this is the way my story's gone is that I've had these people that have that have just really done things for me and and, and it's allowed me to to get into situations that have really made big differences in my life and kept me safe and just amazing things have happened because of what people have done um, for me in times of awfulness, you know? Um, and, and that's something that I actively look to do, you know, um, because I, I know what that means. So, but anyway, I go off to rehab. I learn about, uh, I go to rehab for three months because as a physician, as a healthcare provider in the state of Virginia, you uh, get big time rehab, which is understandable. So I did 90 days at a, at a healthcare professionals, uh, you know, specialized rehab. And, and it was a great experience, man. Like um, it was my first real introduction into, into recovery. It, you know, it was a 12 step based program, heavy on AA. Because of the area that it was in, there was just a lot more AA than there was NA. Um, <clears throat> But we got to get into, you know, some individual therapy and and really talk about recovery programs, relapse prevention programs. I mean, it was all inclusive kind of thing. And I um, really enjoyed it. I really learned a lot. It was very um, helpful for me. Um, I really liked the the um, premise of AA and, and NA, the 12 step stuff. I bought into it. I didn't get a sponsor, <clears throat> didn't do the steps early on. Um, and that came back to haunt me. Um, as a healthcare professional, they, they have a really strict, it's like a five-year program where you really have to do a lot of shit. Um, and I'm glad they do. They need, you know, it needs to be an intensive kind of thing, but I kind of bucked back at it because I was still kind of had this anger inside, you know, from years past. And, you know, it was kind of a fuck you, you know, I'm, I'll, I'll do what you tell me to do. I'll take these drug tests. I'll fill out these forms. I'll go see my therapist. I'll do my aftercare group. Um, but I'm not, I'm not going to get a sponsor. I don't need a fucking sponsor. You know, like so, I'm smart. I, I, yeah. Were you, were you angry when you went into treatment where you're like, I don't fucking need this or, or were you like, thank no, God I'm no. here. Well, yeah. I was, thank God I, I was here. I was, man, I'm fucking broken. And I'm, but now I'm cured and I don't need a sponsor. Um, <laughs> Well, well, yeah, but now, you know, now I'm better. Now I'm not using and look, man, I'm smart. You know, like I, I, I can, I can, uh, I can read this book and I can hear these stories and I can tell you what, 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 how to do a recovery program, you know, like I can, I can learn about recovery and I can tell you all about it, you know, and, and that was the problem. The first go around for me was that I, I, I thought my IQ would, would be enough to get me through recovery. So you know, I didn't, yeah, I, I didn't, I didn't get involved with, with the 12 step program. I, I ended up leaning more towards, um, my, my faith, my religion. And <clears throat> there was a, a 12 step based, uh, religious, a Christian program that I, that I ended up going to a lot, but even then I didn't, uh, get involved and, you know, that really came back to hurt me. And, and so, you know, I had problems, man. I had problems with my trauma coming up, you know, like the first, 
the first those 90 days in rehab that first time kind of shook things up and and it was it was kind of funny because the last like the last week of rehab the the first rehab i went to all that trauma came back to my head and i was like fuck you know i guess i had packed it away really good but i was like fuck man there is no way i'm getting into that at all I, that that shit's i'm just closing that suitcase and it's never coming out again and <clears throat> i didn't i closed it all down i really didn't talk about it after that but it was like a prelude to things to come it was really wild and you know so i stayed clean um for about three and a half years and <clears throat> did a lot of stuff marriage counseling i was doing all this you know personal you know growth and faith and things just weren't weren't working out for me my 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 um i has was having a lot of trouble with anxiety and some pretty damn severe depression depression's been a big issue for me my whole life um and you know i, I was having really bad depression and i end up getting the flu um, and when I got the flu, I, uh, had remembered, uh, when I was in rehab <clears throat> back in 2008, that I'd met a guy who had come in there from, from drinking, um, cough syrup from dextromethorphan. And he was telling me that, you know, dextromethorphan gets processed down the ketamine pathway. And so if you take enough of it, it'll, it's a hallucinogen, it'll fuck you up. Hmm. And, uh. So I get the flu and, you know, like I said, my brain's, it's just not in a good place. Things aren't good in my marriage. My, I, my mental health is not great. You know, mm -hmm. I still have all this shit built up in me from, from, you know, all the death and dying and all that stuff that's still kind of there. And I don't know how to get rid of it. Don't know what to do with it. <clears throat> and I end up relapsing. I ended up taking a, a, a whole box basically of those, uh, you know, Robitussin or whatever gels that have dextromethorphan in it. And I got fucked up. <clears throat> and, you know, at that time it was amazing. It was like, I mean, it was amazing, you know? So was there any um, guilt at the time? Like you took but, the pills and then was it their immediate guilt or was it just like, we, yeah, well, it was, it was, we at first, you know, like yeah. the hallucinogens are good. I love those, but you know, waking up to, you know, coming to on the couch and I look over to my right where the coffee table is and my wife has found all the empty, uh, you know, little things that you have in, uh, bubble packs, you know, the blister packs or whatever. Blister, yeah. The blister, blister packs. Yeah. So I'll just fucking whole pile of those things, you know, that I had taken. And she's like, what the hell did you do? What the hell did you do? And I'm like, Fuck, oh, yeah. super so sick. Those, I just got to feel better. Yeah. No, but yeah, it was that, you know, it was holy shit. I'm such a piece of shit. Look at what I've done. I'm such a fuck up. You know, what, what are you doing? You know, you knew better than this, you know, and, and, but it didn't stop, man. I mean, like it was a situation where I could, you know, I was back in again. Once I, once, once that happened, I was off to the races, you know, and, and it, it would, it was a situation where I would, I would be able to stay clean and stay away from the dextromethorphan for, you know, a week, two weeks, sometimes three weeks, but then I would take it again, you know, like I would, I would get fucked up again and that, you know, progressed to taking it every day. And, 
you know, I was uh, really getting fucking crazy, man. Like, um, I would, it, it ended up being a big, like, stimulant for me. And, you know, I would stay up for, you know, basically days working out, you know, like it was, it was wild. Um, and so me and my wife end up splitting up because, you know, it, the stuff I'm doing is just bizarre and I'm really gaslighting the fuck out of her. Like I, there was this, I mean, it, it was bad. Like I was so sneaky about it and it was just bad. It was really bad. So we end up splitting up. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm living in this apartment, um, <clears throat> with my kids coming over, you know, it was, the worst time in my life, I would say one of the worst I've, I've, I've had some fucking bad times in life, but it was, that was right there at it. Um, and, and splitting up was a big deal for me. Like, like I said, I grew up from small town in the South of the United States. So divorce wasn't something that happened. And, mm -hmm. you know, having that hang over me was a big, 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 big deal. So we end up, uh, splitting up my drug use goes off the charts man i finally start smoking weed i smoked a damn quarter pound in a week um oh. right before i got caught yeah yeah so and and at that at that time weed wasn't doing it for me like it i just like i said I, I was it just wasn't doing anything for me you know and i had gotten i'd start started taking opiates again i'd run across some of those and finally stuff gets fucked up at work where people you know, who knew me. Um, knew well, I mean, you had to smell, you had to tired. smell like pot, man. Like if you're walking, if you're smoking a quarter <laughs> pound in a week, you shower as much as you fucking want, man. I don't give a shit. So was that it? Did they smell the weed yeah. on you? And maybe, maybe I, I don't know, man. All I know is that someone said I'd been acting weird. Um, and they knew my story, you know, I'm sure there, I had made a couple of mistakes that, that weren't, you know, nothing bad happened, thank God. But, you know, I don't know if one of the nurses working there or if it was a nurse who just knew I wasn't acting right or what, but someone um, talked to the big boss and big boss comes to me and says, hey, uh, you, you're not acting quite right. Why don't you go take a drug test uh, when you're done with work? So, you know, I took my shit, took my drug test and just walked out of the hospital because <laughs> you know, the, the game was, was over, man. It was, was it was, the same? I'll take was my it? shit. Was it the same boss that gave you the chance last time? No, 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 no. That oh. boss had left. That boss oh, had okay. left. Um, but, uh, but uh, you know, anyway, the gig was up. I, I left peed in my cup. I left the hospital. I called the damn rehab that uh, I had been to because <laughs> hey. I knew that was coming up. You know, there was no doubt. It, you know, <laughs> that's exactly what yeah. I was like. Yeah. like hey, hey, I got to come again. back in. Lost my yeah. tail. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm back. Uh, so, but it was a it was a wild run. That was two and a half years of being out and being fucking just crazy. Um, and it was so bad. Like I had gotten myself, I talked myself into my kids being better off if I was dead. And you know, I had this big life insurance policy, and I, you know, I, I was causing so much damn disaster. You know, mm -hmm. around my house, my family that <clears throat> I thought, you know, they're going to be better off without me. And I, I had thought, you know, well, this is how I'm going to do it. You know, just I'm going to do this single car accident and blah, blah, blah. And so while I say I was never actively suicidal, 
I was definitely passively, man. I mean, like I was doing really stupid shit um, in the in the car, and I, every night I was going to bed saying, "I really don't want to wake up." You know, I'd be so fucking grateful if I don't wake up. You know, um, so it was it was bad. So by the time I got to rehab, I was, you know, again in a place like you know, I don't know what the fuck to do, but you know, something's not right. And that time I, it was different. That time it was, you know, I'm fucking broken, you know, and I know I don't know what I need and you tell me what to do and I'll fucking do it. And it worked out well. You know, I, I did, I got involved. I got a sponsor. When I left rehab, I went to a, a sober living house, um, stayed there for nine months. And, mm-hmm. you know, I did that because they said <laughs> the guy at the recovery house said, Hey man, if people stay here for not the people who stay here for nine months do the best. And so I'll fucking yeah. stay there for nine months, you know? Yeah. Um, and well, the notion, the notion that a, somebody, sorry, but while we're on right here in this part of the story, I just like the notion of somebody being okay. Like after a 28 day stay at a, at a rehab facility or, or three months or whatever, to just like expect them to just like wander off into back into the life that they left and expect them to stay like yeah. abstinent. I mean, you know, like that should no. be mandatory. Like I did a year of aftercare. I lived in a sober living house for a year and and here we are. Right. Um, that That's what worked for yeah. me. And uh, yeah. I, I think it works for a lot of yeah. people. So, yeah, well, it absolutely does. And there's good there's date. I mean, there's good data that says the more the more treatment you get, the better you're going to do. Mm-hmm. So absolutely, it has to be more than a, more than a fucking 28 day stay, you yeah. know, because you, you and this is the whole thing. This is what I tell people is that, you know, while I, you know, sure, you know, I'm a, I'm a reasonably intelligent guy. You know, I can, you know, my, my IQ is good. You know, I can tell you shit tons about um, addiction and about recovery and, um, you know, but. I can't tell you how to do it for me. Like I can't, I can't dictate my own recovery program, right? Like mm-hmm. I need other people to help me see the things that I can't see because a lot of times, you know, my addiction is sneaky and I, and I can't see it so to speak. And it's playing out sometimes with me without me, without me knowing it, you know, like, uh, especially with my emotions and stuff. Um, and and the the other thing is that this is about emotion. You know, that's all this is about is, you know, us learning how to deal with emotions. And 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 you know, I, I can be the smartest motherfucker in the room, but I don't know shit about emotions because emotions are completely different than IQ. You know? And and once I was able to settle in with that, because <clears throat> that made sense to me, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, then things really started to fall into place kind of, um, I did, you know, a lot of individual therapy and, and one of the biggest things, honestly, and this, you know, I, I talked about this at the beginning was, was the mental health part is I was, um, <clears throat> diagnosed as bipolar. <clears throat> and <clears throat> when I was diagnosed as bipolar, one of the thing, one of the medicines they gave me was a mood stabilizer. And I'm telling you, when I started that medication, my life changed. Um, and what do I mean by that? My, my life changed as I stopped wishing I was dead. Um, and I tell people that, and it may sound bad, but, 
you know, I, I wasn't, like I said, I wasn't suicidal, but I, 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 there was so much in my life that I just wished I was dead because, you know, uh, in my worldview and my faith, uh, you know, death isn't the end and you do continue on. And the place that you continue on to is more about love. You know, it's about, it's not about the bullshit of this world. It's more about those connections that, you know, I make when, you know, that I've made with people in the very end. And, you know, when they're, when they're at the end, it's that real, that real piece of life, you know? Um, and so <laughs> I thought about death a lot, you know, I thought, yeah. you know, I just wish this was over, you know, shit's, shit's hard. Let's, let's be done with it. But starting medications change that man. And, and I'm not saying that I don't have days where, you know, stuff is shit. Um, but I don't sit around wishing I was dead like I, like I used to. And, and that was a major, 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 major change for me. And, you know, again, it gets into that stress deal. Like, how do we, how do we learn to deal with stress? And I think part of it is behavioral stuff. And, and, and part of it is, you know, 12 step, you know, smart recovery, you know, learning your coping skills, you know, this is, this is what you do to stay clean for a long time. But for some of us, for a good percentage of us, we need medication. You know, we need, uh, you know, I need meds to stabilize my brain. And I don't like saying that at all, <laughs> but um, I can tell you that, that I, I feel a lot better when I'm on them, uh, you know, and, and I'm clean, you know, mm -hmm. so <clears throat> meds were good for me meds were good and they've been good for me and you know one of the things that i see people do <clears throat> is that they get clean and then they don't want to have anything to do with any medication whatsoever and that's fine look man i get people who feel that way i really do and i'm not saying meds are for everybody at all but meds do have a big place for some people you know at least temporarily you know like I tell people a lot, look, man, let's try this med to, you know, let's try this to see if we can get you anxiety a little bit better, at least for the short term here, you know, at least for a couple months, maybe three months. Not everybody needs meds all the time, but meds can make a big difference, you know, especially in bipolar disorder, because there's impulse control issues. And if you don't have, you know, if your impulses aren't controlled very well, then you're going to relapse, man. It's a, it's a big, big, uh, reason for relapse is a big reason why people relapse um is uncontrolled or undiagnosed uh co-occurring mental illness um <clears throat> so i'm a proponent for hey you know if you have something if you've got a mood disorder you know that's okay you're in the majority you know mm -hmm. if you need meds hey that's okay man it doesn't mean they're they have to be permanent but maybe you'll do better if we give you some meds here take some of that stress off help you with coping you know help you get time to cope. Yeah. But anyway, I'm kind of rambling on here. I no, no, up, uh, no, no. Relevant. It's, it's, it's a very relevant ramble at, at least. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I, um, things went really well for me when I, when I started doing what people told me when I, um, you know, started being more teachable, you know, that's one thing I talk to people about all the time is look, man, just be teachable tell my kids that just be teachable, you know, because if you're teachable, you're, you, you're humble, you know, you're, you're trying to learn. You're not saying you're the best thing around. And, and so I tried to be really teachable and I still try to do that, but I think that helped me really learn and really 
get to a place where I had a, I had a good chance at long-term recovery. Um, mm-hmm. Luckily for me, I had a friend who was in the field of addiction medicine and, you know, me being without a job, um, it, it ended up being an opportunity. And, you know, I wanted a break from oncology at that point because, you know, I just wanted a break from it, man. You know, I mean, I wanted to give life my best shot and I thought maybe not being around that death and dying so much was a good way to go. You know, they had told me that when I went to rehab the first time, but I wasn't ready to hear it. So this guy gives me this opportunity in this addiction medicine clinic and it's, it's fucking great, man. Like I'm, it, it was wonderful. You know, and so I'm helping people get clean. We're putting people on Suboxone and I'm having these interactions with folks that are just amazing, man. Like when you get when I get to talk to someone who's at their bottom, who's who's really done with it. You know, that's a powerful conversation, man, because, I mean, you know how you felt when when shit was at the end, when when the shit hit the fan, man. I mean, and, and getting into that headspace and being like, look, you know, it's okay, man. You know, you, you, you're going to get out of this. You can do this, man. I'll be, I'm going to be right here with you, you know, and we're going to give you, we're going to help you through this with this, that, and other. And I'm going to get you, you know, we're going to get you in with this, with these counselors and, and helping people down that road. It's just been amazing for me, man. And, and it's, it's good for, it's what I want to do as a, as a career is help people, you know, like this who are in these situations. And it's what, it's good for me from a, you know, my program kind of perspective. And I don't want to say it like that, like it's actually my program, but, you know, being with people, being with my people, you know, being with the addiction world is, is important for me. And it Mm -hmm. keeps it right there in my, in my, in my view. And, and I don't want to lose that, you know, Mm -hmm. like, um, um, you know, I don't need to lose that. My addiction is, is severe you know, and and um, it's, it, yeah. Tell us a little bit about your experience. Cause you, you did go and get a sponsor. You did go and work the steps. Tell us a little bit about that experience. Uh, Did you buy into that right away? I mean, where did you struggle? Where did you succeed? Well, yeah, I bought into it right away. Um, And, and like I said, the first time I got clean, hang on. The first time I got clean, I bought into it. I just didn't participate, you know, like, I guess I bought happily into it. I guess I bought mm-hmm. part of it. Um, but yeah, the second time around, I bought completely into it. You know, I'm, I'm uh, a Christian um, at that time, and it worked in very well to, for my worldview. Um, you know, saying the Lord's Prayer after every meeting was very common in, in the um groups where I was in and that made me feel comfortable because I had been around it all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> going through the steps was great. I had no problem at all with one, two, and three because of the, you know, the, the religious background I had. Step four was an amazing step for me. And I know people talk about it all the time about how step four was so, you know, transformational. And, and for me, it, it really was. And I think for me, what it l- allowed me to do is to let go of a, a lot of the resentment that that I had uh, developed to for a couple of uh, folks and a couple of situations. And the more important, I mean, I don't know if it's more important or not, but the other big, big, big one from step forward for me was um, seeing my part in everything, yeah. you know, and, and being able to see the consistent 
you know, shit that I brought to the table. Yeah. Uh, it's easy. It's easy to let go situations. It's easier to let go of resentment <laughs> when you realize that you are an asshole too. <laughs> in fact, oftentimes Absolutely. I was the bigger asshole. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, yeah. and, and that, you know, and that, that was part of it with my marriage was like, God, I was a, I was a dick bag, man. I mean, like I did some really shystery shit. Um, so, you know, seeing my part was a really, really important thing. Um, and, and, you know, the rest of the steps kind of fell, fell in line and, 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 you know, things were, things were really well. I, I, um, I, I did a lot of, of stuff with AA and I, I, I ran a, a, um, healthcare professionals group, um, in, uh, in our city for, for a long time, for mm-hmm. three or four years. Um, but <clears throat> as a as an addiction kind of provider, I want to know a little bit about everything, you know, because AA 12 step, it's not one size fits all. And, and, and that's, you know, kind of my last point that I wanted to bring up was, you know, part of what I've seen and, and part of what I'm trying to do is open up my worldview around what is good recovery and what do people need to be in a good place in recovery? You know, um, cause you know, in my, you know, starting this thing out, I would have said 12 steps the only way. Cause that was the only way I knew that was the only way I was brought up and it yeah. worked well for me. You know, it really did. And, and, and I still hang on to it. Don't, don't get me wrong, but it's not for everybody. You know, it's not for, you know, people who, you know, there are populations of people who don't need to be told that they're a piece of shit and they're, you know, blah, 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 blah. You know, that doesn't work well with all demographics and it doesn't work well for people who don't have faith for whatever reason, you know, and there are other ways that people can get coping skills, you know, because that's what all these come down to is coping skills. How are we going to cope with, with the stress of life without using? And, you know, I think, recovery programs 12 steps smart recovery recovery dharma life ring you know you name recovery it, dharma whoa whoa whoa! hang are, on now recovery dharma what is that i've never yeah. heard of that so recovery dharma is really fucking cool man um <laughs> it's it's uh it's a slant on um refuge recovery if you've heard of refuge recovery it's a it's a buddhist based um program um refuge recovery was a big deal for a while but the the guy who started it got into some trouble that um you know i've never really looked into it must not have been too good but the 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 program got the board of directors that were on this refuge recovery uh you know deal ended up breaking away from the refuge recovery folks and, and created this thing called recovery dharma and like i said it's buddhist based See, it's based on the first four noble truths, I think. Um, and it's just really interesting. It's more of an introspective kind of thing. And it's just very interesting. So the, the other thing that I'm trying to do, be more open to is, is mind-body stuff. You know, like there's all this really fascinating th- stuff coming out about how connected your brain is to your body. And part of, you know, learning to deal with things like anxiety, stress, PTSD, like you, you name it is 
becoming more aware of your body and how your emotions and stuff play out in your body. So, you know, things like um, EMDR, all that, you know, to, to help get through process trauma. There's something called the polyvagal theory, which is just really makes a lot of sense. And it has, again, it has to do with, you know, hit, being able to recognize where your body is out of whack. Like when you get um, the best, I'll, I'll give you an example from me. When I get really anxious, I get this like nauseous feeling right in my, you know, in my stomach under my, you know, like chest bone or whatever. And it, it it's just a certain feeling. And so what I can do, what this polyvagal theory says is that if I can like really think about that nausea and, and try to figure out, well, where is that in my body? You know, is it on my right or my left? Or is it, you know, in the, in the front of my body or my back? And does it feel like I'm going to throw up or is it a sour? What is, you know, and so when I think about it, when I think about that specific thing, that, that specific pain or whatever it is, it goes away. And when that goes away, my brain is, is, is more calm. So it's like my brain tells my body to chill out and then my body tells my brain to chill out. It's amazing, man. It really, it's, it's amazing. So <clears throat> I'm just bringing all that stuff out to say there's a lot of stuff going on that I think we, we need to be open to. And I think that we as people in recovery need to be better at being inclusive and being um supportive of people whatever their way is you know we're all you know trying to live man you know we're trying to be productive citizens and we're trying to do things that are difficult because of who we are and where we we've come from and you know a lot of people in this world in our world have been you know nothing but shit upon i mean we we you can make an argument that addicts are the most um you know downtrodden so to speak depressed group of of people you know mm -hmm. and so i think if we can do a better job at helping each other being supportive saying hey man i'm really glad you're here you know yeah but the first thing i tell people when they when they because I run a methadone clinic now and I, I do a, a detox uh, and, and suboxone clinic in Richmond. And the first thing I say to people when I see them <clears throat> is, man, I'm glad you're here. And when if people relapse and they come back, the first thing I say is, man, I'm really glad you're here. I'm glad you didn't die. Um, and I'm I'm I, I'm very fucking sincere, man. You know, because that's the way it is for us. That, that's a that's a well, and I'm sure you a lose a lot of people outcome anytime people go out. Yeah, absolutely. We lose people, man. And so I don't care how people get clean. I don't care why people get clean. I just care that they get clean and, and, and I'm willing to help people wherever they are. You know, there's, there's, um, been times in conversations that I've had where I've come to the realization that there is a very good possibility that I got clean on a resentment. I got clean because I was going to get clean before <laughs> someone else. <laughs> and I did. It worked. So. Bucket. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to do it. Yeah. 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 And exactly. I did. And exactly. here we are. So it's, It it cracks me up when people say, I'm getting, uh, you know, 
I was, I was, I'm, I wasn't getting clean for the right reasons or yeah. some shit like that. Well, you know, yeah. what the fuck, who fucking cares, man? Get clean, you know, <laughs> yeah. get clean and let's, and yeah. let's see if we can change your brain a little bit while you're clean and maybe it'll catch on, you know? Mm-hmm. So, All right, I, man. you know, I, I'm, I'm excited to be in the field. I appreciate, you know, appreciate you letting me come on and, and, and gab a little bit. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to our next conversation, but I guess yeah. that's, uh, later to come. Yeah, yeah, we don't want to have any spoilers, but Craig's gonna be back. You don't worry; nope. he'll be he'll be back with a uh, with fire in his eyes. <laughs> yeah. All right, man. Well, thanks so much for coming tonight. Uh, thanks for sharing your experience yeah, with us. Yeah, uh, sh- yeah, shooting around a little hope, and uh, we'll let you go. Take care, my friend. All right, I appreciate it. Take care. Have a good week. There is power in numbers. If you would like to contribute to ending the stigma around emotional pain, please subscribe to our Facebook page and follow us on Instagram. Like and comment your thoughts on our posts. Find us on all audio podcast platforms. Let us come together with our lived and living experience as a resource that has the power to engage new thought processes, to promote new ideas, to broaden the spectrum of care, and to show the world the lie is dead. We can recover. There is a safer way, and we're here to show you how. If you would like to see everything we have to offer, visit www.hardknockstalks.com. Take care, everyone. Good night.